And welcome back, fourth and long fans. It's your footy correspondent, Coach Donnie Hess, here back with another off-season supporter chat. Ladies and gentlemen, we got to get to March. We got to keep footy in the know. So I'm going to sit here and talk to supporters. And ladies and gentlemen, I have to say, I'm very excited for this one. I met this young lady on Twitter, and I thought, I want to have a chat with her. So I asked her. She agreed. So let's throw her on. Lori, Lori, thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Donnie. Thanks for having me. All righty, all righty. We always start my episodes off. I know this is a footy podcast, but we're going to stay away from footy for just one question. And that's because I need to know just a little bit about you so then everybody in the audience kind of gets a little taste of who Lori is. So can you tell me a little bit about yourself outside of the game of football? Okay. Uh, well, I'm married to my husband, Evan, and I have two teenage boys, Charlie and Henry. Uh, I'm a physiotherapist and I mostly work with um, older people. Uh, and we're a really sports-loving family. We love to play sports. We love to watch sport, and and we like to travel. And, and often we travel and base our travel around sport. Awesome. That is fantastic. So let's jump to it. It's a footy podcast. I got to ask, what is your favorite thing about the sport of footy? I think my favorite thing is the anticipation and the build-up. So during the week, they release the team Thursday catching the bus to the Gabba, um, hearing all the different conversations of everyone, feeling the vibe when you arrive at the stadium, watching the players run through the banner, and then the countdown to the siren. I just love that crisp sound of the siren. It's just like we're ready mm -hmm. to go. It's ready to war, and um, and it's just so exciting. I love it. Absolutely fantastic. So I'm, I'm going to make you think a little bit. I want you to go back in your memory just a little bit. Can you remember your earliest footy memory? I'm actually pretty late to footy. So um, so I'm based in Brisbane, which is a rugby league heartland. So when I was growing up, I would follow Brisbane Broncos uh, very much, and they were the centre of our universe. Uh, and then my... Uh, Elder son, Charlie, he noticed the local boys having a kick of the footy at our local school uh, when he was about two or three and really wanted to join in. So once he was five, he was allowed to start playing. And that's that was our introduction to football was through uh, Charlie and, and then Henry and, and our um, interest has grown alongside them. I will apologise. Uh, we did get married on grand final day uh, in 2005. That was that was the weekend that suited <laughs> us and, and a lot of my friends whinged and complained uh, and we didn't understand at the time. We were happy uh, the lines were out, so we went, oh, it's no big deal, don't worry about it. Uh, but now looking back, I'm going, oh, my gosh, who gets married on grand final day? Mm -hmm. but September is a popular month, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. So, and this is this has got to be a first because a lot of the people that I've talked to, they're all Victorian or they're South Australian or they're Western Australian. So they've basically grown up with it. So uh, how interesting is it being, being a Brizzy girl, being a Queenslander? I mean, has it been difficult to get into footy because you're in such a rugby heartland? Or is it something that it still is very accessible to, to get a hold of footy? So when I was younger, I did not know anything about AFL at all. It was not on my radar. It was not on the TV at home. Um, but I probably first came across footy um, through uni. We had a friend who played for the university team 
And I think we all went and watched uh, the 2001 grand final uh, at a friend's place on a little tiny TV. But it, it didn't really strike me at the time. Uh, but once your kids get involved in sport and, and they show a, a liking for the sport, you start encouraging them. And they're really good with grassroots uh, AFL. They give you tickets or half price tickets. So we got these tickets and we went, all right, well, let's have a go. And, and my kids are um, very high energy boys. So we would never last a whole game. We would sit in the general admission section and they might have been six and four if we lasted a half, that was a pretty big achievement for us. So over time, um, our interest has grown and now I, we absolutely love it. And I've even managed to convert my dad, who was a diehard rugby league player, rugby league supporter, and now he, he just he finds it much less interesting and finds AFL really exciting. So he calls it the complete sport. So it's it's a it's a it's a big challenge for him. That is that is absolutely fantastic. I didn't I didn't think I would ever in my podcast ever hear of an NRL player converting to footy. That is fantastic. I absolutely yeah. love it. That is a great story. So, I think you've already mentioned it a little bit, especially considering where you're at. What's your club that you support, and kind of why did you become a Lions supporter? Well, I support the Lions. Uh, they're our local team and and um, and they're really accessible for us too. Uh, the Lions players are fantastic. They come out to the clubs and meet the kids and because you get that interaction with the players, it's really um, easy to support them and follow them once you've met them in person or they've signed your hat or, or what have you. Uh, so I couldn't go past the Lions for sure. Uh, my two boys... That, that their introduction to AFL was around about 2012 when they first started playing uh, the grand final this year, as you know, was Swans Hawks. So my older son goes for the Hawks. He fell in love with Cyril. Mm-hmm. And uh, and my younger son is an, a diehard Swans supporter and he was um, a big Adam Goods fan. So uh, and then, so we're all a bit different. My husband and I Lions supporters, though, through and through. Awesome. Awesome. And I actually, that, that's going to lead me to the next, because normally, like I said, we, we, with many of the Victorians and the South Australians and the Western Australians, I mean, they grew up with it. So a lot of times there's the family thing. So as, as you said, you and your husband are both Lions supporters. The youngest is a Swan supporter and, and the oldest is a Hawk supporter. So I got to ask is the, how's the family dynamic when say the Lions play the Swans or the Lions play the Hawks? Is there a little bit of banter amongst the family? There's a little bit of banter. Um, we are massive fans of the sport, you know, I guess even more so. So uh, we love the moments. We love we love all of it. So, uh, yes, it, it's funny, you know, you'll see somebody pacing up and down and uh, and getting, you know, a bit antsy sometimes. But certainly uh, it, it's, it's, always, it's always harder when the games are close. If the games are a bit of a blowout, it's not so bad. But mm-hmm. um, we're competitive without being too competitive in that in that regard. Hey, ain't, nothing wrong, ain't nothing wrong with some good banter and having a little bit of fun. And you always love the competitive games. So as we said, this is a little bit of a different situation. So it might be a little bit easier. Can you remember the first Lions item you were ever given or bought? Uh we went down to Melbourne in 2014 and we watched the uh, the Hawks Port prelim, which was a great opportunity, great for us as newbies to the sport. And the kids were really small and we took them to an AFL shop and we said, let's go. And we all got kitted out with everything. Mm-hmm. So we walked out of that shop with bags and bags of 
hawks and swans and lions gear and flags and scarves and beanies. So I think that was when we first got and we all got kitted out, all four of us, and it was just wonderful. Awesome. Awesome. So this is this is always interesting for me because I love people when they discuss this because I think being a fan is one of the coolest things because nobody fans exactly the same. Everybody fans differently. Everybody supports differently. Everybody handles things differently. Trust me, you go on social media, you know, people support differently. So I always ask, like asking this question, can you describe to me your fandom of the Brisbane Lions? Uh, so it, it has grown. So obviously I wasn't born a, a diehard Lions. I know some families are third generation because they started at Fitzroy and, and have come mm-hmm. through. Um, I am now very um, interested in, and I follow podcasts and I've, I watch videos all the time. I keep track of what's going on the socials. If I can get to um, like an intra-club game, if it's held at a local ground, we will go. Um we do try to interact as much as we can with the team um, because it's just, they're just such happy memories when you've got kids, they love it. And, um, and even though the kids support different clubs, they're just so excited to be around football and footballers and, and those connections are just such special memories. So um, I am now very, um, very passionate about the team. Um, I can be very circumspect as well. So I, I'm certainly not, uh, a big negative Nancy when it comes to getting on their back if they're not doing so well. I try to be really encouraging and look for the positives. Um, but, yeah, we'll be going to every game this season and, and we're really looking forward to that. Awesome, awesome. Hey, I love those type of fans that are not negative Nancys. Trust me, those sometimes really rake me, even even Swans yeah. people who I know really well. I, I have trouble getting on line and just bashing a club because there's so many there's so many variables that i don't know and maybe it's a little bit of the fact that i coach my team here so there are things that i know that their parents or their family members don't know about what's going on at training and why i'm playing them there this so i kind of always i I always kind of step back a little bit when i fandom a little bit and kind of go well, I don't know what horse is doing. I don't know what the players are doing, at least for my sake with the Swans or Coach Fagan yeah. at the Lions. I don't know what he what his day-to-day things go. I don't know what's going on. So I hate like bashing players. So I actually really love that that, that you kind of said that because I think that's I think it's one thing if I could get into more fans is the neg I think the negativity sometimes it really does get a little annoying really quickly. But then again, no, everybody fans differently. So as we said, you're yeah. you're a later arriver to footy, and again, nothing wrong with that. Can you remember the first Lions game that you attended? Oh no, it would have been in 2013 or 2012, and it would have been in the general admission, uh, and it would have been behind someone waving a flag or holding up a big head sign uh, behind the goals. Um, and it was, I remember it was exciting, but it, it just it was just child wrangling at that stage so Mm -hmm. we did what we could um and then as as time wore on we were able to pay attention to the game a little bit more but but that was yeah that's my memory it's a good old-fashioned sheep herder no 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 you can't go there no 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 so it's it's all that kind of fun not absolutely not a problem so i love this next one you have multiple kids so this is this is always one that i joke about a little bit is that my next question is, do you have a favorite player of the past and the present? I know it's like choosing your favorite child, but do you have a favorite player of the past for the Lions? And do you have a favorite player currently on the Lions roster? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, see, it's difficult because the Lions had such a, a magnificent crew 
um, in the early 2000s, didn't they? Mm-hmm. I mean, any of those players could be your favourite player because they were all just such special, special players. But I would say Jonathan Brown, um, he leads from the front. He's got a great sense of humour. I love listening to him on the radio and television. He's very insightful, but... Uh, watching him run, I, I really felt for his family, watching him run back into packs and really putting his body on the line. He was heart and soul. Um, so Jonathan Brown, for me, uh, would be my favourite past player. Um, in terms of present players, I would say Brandon Stasevich. I'm a big Brandon Stasevich fan. I think he um, probably, he, he, it's obviously well known that he's a great defender I, I love watching him grow over the last couple of years to just do his role so, so well. He shut down Shy Bolton brilliantly in the first final, and that was so important, a player of that calibre. He tends to get those players, and he does he does what we ask him to do week in, week out, gets on with the job, and I love that. Fantastic. Yeah, I love I love that when it's not this marquee player, it's not the Joe Danaher's, it's not the Lockie Neal's. I love that because many people have heard on my podcast, I'm a huge Dane Rampey supporter when it comes to Sydney Swans. Yeah. He's the grunt type of player. He doesn't get the superstar name. You know his name, but you don't really know what he does sometimes because sometimes he can be very quiet because he does his job so well. And it's a lot yeah. like Brandon Starsevich, yeah. same thing. That shutdown defender, he can, he can make you disappear if he wants if he wants to on the right day and he's still not bad at he's good with the footy too so he's not a liability so love those type of players absolutely absolutely pearl absolute pearler there so my favorite one i love this question most memorable moment as a lion supporter oh so i'm not gonna say the premierships because that was a little bit before my time i would say uh miracle on the grass because in context, we'd won three, maybe. We were mm-hmm. absolutely on the ropes. And we were so far behind. We were 40-odd points behind. And it was Ash McGrath's 200th game. And in the fourth quarter, in 15, 16 minutes, we came back by about 40 points. And we just kept coming. And, and you just went, oh, oh, it's still not going to happen, it's still not going to mm-hmm. happen. And you get to a point where there's b- the belief that maybe this could happen, maybe. Mm-hmm. And that that last mark of, um, I think it was Merritt, there's about 20 seconds to go and he goes corridor. And Jed Aycock gets the ball and does the hand pass, which releases it and they kick it to Ash McGrath. And the siren goes and it's a big kick. And it was absolutely, I've got goosebumps talking about it now. What a moment. Just, I don't think you can go past that as a line supporter. Yeah, I've I've watched that. I've watched that part of that little section where, where they bring the ball from their back line all the way forward. And just the announcers, they they almost make it just as good because I can't remember. I think it's Hutto. I, I can't remember who calls it. Yeah. But it's just, he absolutely loses his mind when McGraw kicks it and he knows it's good. He's losing his mind. And then he throws the miracle on grass, which then, I mean, it's stuck. I mean, absolutely stuck. What a moment there. Absolutely. that That is absolutely fantastic. So 
we'll go we'll go to it right now we'll go to the present now a little bit and i'm always interested to see this because again you say you're not a negative nancy what are your thoughts on last year's brisbane lions team that kind of they had its moments of mm. great of good and eh. so quickly yeah. kind of what, what were your thoughts on the lions last year encouraging um great start to the season I couldn't believe it when we were sitting top of the ladder. I mean, the feeling going to work was just, and, and you know, my patients were going, hey, see, the lines are doing really well and your chest is pumped up. And then we got the wobbles. Uh, and instead of win, 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 it was win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. And, and weaknesses or chinks um, started showing up. But I still take the positive view we have come a long way. So it wasn't that long ago we were bottom of the mm -hmm. table. And and therefore I think we we're there for two seasons. It was it was dire straits. And each year we've just climbed and climbed and climbed. And not just up the ladder, but in finals, we finally strung two wins together in finals. And that's that's great. That that for me would be expectation for 2022 was that we made finals uh, and we wanted a, we wanted a win. We didn't want to go out in straight sets. Uh, we wanted to make sure that we had a positive experience. And, you know, that last game against Melbourne round 23 wasn't looking great. Um, and, we, we, you know, we started getting very nervous. And so I guess we were quite surprised with how we came out against Richmond. Uh, and sometimes... Sometimes a loss late in the season toughens you, it hardens you for finals football, and finals football is different. It's messier, uh, it's more desperate, and I don't know, maybe maybe that loss and that bit of controversy that sort of came around Melbourne uh, in that game in particular hardened us for a more successful finals campaign. Um, I loved... I've loved watching the development of the players individually. So watching Charlie Cameron, I'll use him as an example. I remember watching him when he was at the Crows uh, and he was sort of Eddie Betts offsider. And Eddie Betts is Eddie Betts, of course. And I, But I remember saying to my husband, this kid is unbelievable. When it's his day, he can be anything. And so when we recruited him, I was dancing. I was so excited. I've gone, this is amazing recruitment. And watching his development as a leader within that forward six, every time we kick a goal, Charlie's the one in there encouraging, directing, and I've loved watching his development. And I feel like in our group we've got a lovely core of players who are that sort of 24, 25, 26 years old. They've got the experience. They've certainly proved that they've got the skills. And I feel like we're moving into a phase now that that's ours to grab if we want it. Um, our defensive line, as you know, is a worry um, in terms of speed uh, in particular and um, and a bit of grunt. Um, so that will be interesting. We've got some players getting a bit older in that group. Um, in terms of Marcus Adams was a big loss for our team. I rate him so highly and uh, I haven't been able to see any footage or photos of him in the preseason. So I know there's a lot of Lions fans out there who are hoping the best for him and, and, and really thinking of him. And 
and hope to see him back out on the footy field soon. He's a massive hole um, from a playing point of view, but but from a personal point of view, we wish him all the very best with his health and and hope he gets back on his feet as quickly as possible. Uh, but our midfield, I mean, gosh, what a midfield. I mean, we've got depth and we've got VFL depth too. Both our teams made prelims. That's outstanding. That's mm-hmm. great job from the health um, professionals behind the scenes to keep keep all the players healthy. But to have, I mean, Melbourne also did a very good job. Um, they had teams both go um, through the finals quite well. So, but it's uh, it's exciting for the future. I thought it was a great year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fantastic. And, and I think one of the things that besides, a, like I said, a good regular season, again, you had your wobbles. I think another thing though is I think you found a, a diamond in the rough in Kadeem Coleman. I think he really stepped up this season. I think he's going to be one of those you watch out because his ability with footy in hand coming off that halfback. I mean, Daniel Rich, we all know his leg. I mean, that guy's, I mean, I swear to God, he's got a cannon for a leg. And sometimes it, anytime he gets it within 70 meters, you watch the goals because he may go for it that's how good he is but I think Kadeen Coleman was your was your standout this year and on the backside because he became that kind of diamond that you weren't expecting and he became a very good player that I think late in the season you kind of because Daniel Rich wasn't always the quickest Kadeen Coleman gave you that second option out of the halfback line so I'm very fascinated to see how that goes but let's go to the offseason because I mean you I, I sit here today still going, how did the Brisbane Lions pull this offseason off? Because you get Jasper Fletcher's son, you get Will Ashcroft, uh, another Lions uh, uh, father's son, you get Connor McKenna in free agency, and then you pick up Dunkley from the Western Bulldogs. If that isn't one of the best off seasons I have ever seen, I don't know what is. So I got to ask as a Lions supporter, how mental was this off season? Because you get two father sons that both look like absolute guns and you pick up Connor McKenna, another guy with speed off that halfback line that can step in with Coleman and Daniel Rich already with some, some great kicks already. And then you also add Dunkley to give you more depth in the midfield. If I'm the Lions, yeah. I'm dancing in the streets with this off season. Oh yeah. Oh, I think we're all feeling very excited for next year, or for this year, sorry, now, and and next year. I feel like the next two years is is our window to, uh, it's it's ours for the taking if if we want it and if we can keep ourselves fit and healthy. Um, we've got Gunston as well mm-hmm. from the Hawks, and we also got DJ White, Daryl White's sons. We got three father sons. He was a Category B rookie, so. Un- unbelievable haul and I, I'm not quite sure. I feel like we didn't end up even going into debt in terms of draft points mm-hmm. either with um, Jasper. So we've done a great job. Um, Will Ashcroft, you know, there's so many plaudits on this young man and he has a younger brother, Levi, who apparently is also a gun uh, and that was the reason why he decided to, well, one of the reasons why he decided to come to Brisbane rather than go into the open draft was that he wanted the opportunity to play with his brother. And uh, and Levi looks pretty good. He's been training with the team uh, last week and um, and by all reports is, is, is going really well for, for a kid his age. So, uh, so what an exciting 2023. The depth, as I said earlier, the depth in this squad is, is, is our strength and... Um, and, and, yeah, it's just exciting. I don't want to put too much pressure on the young kids. Um, I think Jasper has 
uh, I might be a back injury at the moment. So uh, I'm not sure when he'll actually be able to be fit enough to be considered. He might be a little bit of a longer prospect, but Will Ashcroft looks like he's ready to go. Yeah, everything that I've seen, Will Ashcroft could literally step in. I mean, put Ashcroft and Neil already in the center bounce for the first bounce of the season next year, and you're going to have a lot of people excited. So you, you kind of you kind of already broached it a little bit. I mean, I I I in my question I put expectations, but I I really need to revise this because again, personally, I don't like expectations because it means you expect something, and everybody's different. Again, kind of fanning. So, what are your thoughts for next year? I mean, do you look at it as it's finals? Absolutely. Is it prelim? Is prelim is your your best thought, or or do you honestly think your team is a flag contender? Look, it's I feel twenty twenty three. It's going to be a very even competition. Uh, I'm looking across the teams, and yeah, they're going to be some absolute corking games. They're such evenly distributed teams across the entire part of Australia. Too, every state has got the goods. So. Uh, but as I said, I feel like we're going into about a two-year window where our better players are at the right age uh, as long as we can keep them fit and healthy and we can gel as a team. When you've got so many players coming in, um, it, it might take a little while for them to all work each other's role and skills out. Um, but, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about 2023. I'm very hopeful. Uh, so I would be aiming for top four to six Uh be ready for finals, um, but hopefully, I'm, if we're going to have the wobbles, could we have the wobbles at the top of the front half of the season, <laughs> so that we can feel a bit more confident moving into the finals? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I feel um, we have the potential to go really deep. We've got that experience from 2022 now of success in finals. We know what that feels like. We also know what it feels like to get absolutely thumped in a prelim. Now, mm-hmm. that was embarrassing. So, uh, I mean, luckily they won the grand final. That feels so bad, but um, but we need to we need to make the grand final to really put a stamp on this group as uh, meeting their potential because the potential is there. But you look around. I mean, I think Collingwood's. It's also going to be a very big year for Collingwood. So uh, there's going to be some really good matchups. I'm really looking forward to the Easter Thursday game with Collingwood at the Gabba. Uh, it was a cracker last year. Um, they're going to be some awesome games this year. I've, I've said th- I've said this to a few people. I think there's 14 teams that can vie for the eight. I honestly, I legitimately, no, I'm legitimately. I went through. I went through. Yes, I went through a couple of weeks ago, and I went. The eight teams last year that made finals, I think, are all solid. They're going to make it. I mean, think about it. How does St. Kilda bounce back? How does how does how does uh, calling? Uh, I think Collingwood's my biggest enigma because will teams figure them out? Because last year we kind of we mm-hmm. got their DNA as the season went on, and it take it took a few teams a little bit to kind of figure them out. Will they be a team that we'll have to address? How does Essendon look next year? It, that's another team that I, ju- I I'm I'm very fascinated to see how they go. Gold Coast Suns, your fellow Queensland yes. team, there. Keep an yeah. eye on this team because they could be sneaky good because they're getting older. They're getting more experienced. Yes, that yes, they lost they lost a little bit, but I think having Jared Witts and having Tuke Miller there, you instantly have a connection in the midfield. And think about the King brother coming back this year with Casbolt oh, and, and, and um, oh, I'm totally brain farting. All I know is his two phones from his nickname from when he was in when he's at Richmond. 
but they've got some depth up forward that I think could be hard to stop if they get going. A lot like Carlton. Carlton's the other one. Carlton is the biggest, I think, hot take out of the teams that didn't make yeah. the finals. Carlton is the he scariest because they were really good. They were in finals all okay. year until the last second of the last game against Collingwood. So yeah. there's 14 teams. I honestly sit here and can go, I think can make finals next year. So making the eight is going to be tough. It's going to come down to, you have to make sure that you get wins over teams like GWS over North Melbourne, over Hawthorne, because if you don't, that could really hurt you come late in the season. So it's, it's going to be absolutely magnificent. And you add an extra round this year, which we'll discuss here in just a littlest bit, because I, I can't wait to hear you on this. So we're going to have a little bit of fun. We did. Yes, we have this absolutely fantastic off season for Brisbane, but I love this question because it makes you think, how much are you paying attention to the league? I'm going to install you as the Brisbane's list manager for one day, for one day, you can make one trade. You can bring in one player from the entire competition. All 17 teams are open. You can bring in one player to the Brisbane Lions. Who's that one player you bring in to get the Lions over the hump? This is a player I love. I rate him really highly. I've seen him live. I would bring in Braden Maynard. I like we need it. a little bit of mongrel. We've lost we've lost Mitch Robinson um, to retirement. Uh, and he's actually joined my local club, Morningside. So we're actually very excited at Morningside at the moment. We've got oh, Robbo. Fantastic. Uh, but I would love watching Braden Maynard when he targeted uh, Ed Langdon mm-hmm. uh, in that game. His passion and drive and explosiveness, I love him. I just think he is a, a club person, he's a passion player. And uh, we we do have passion players. We have Reese Matheson, uh, but I would want him in the side more regularly. Uh, whereas Braden Maynard, I know, would be in the twenty-two, and he just gives you that real explosion, and um, I guess you sort of puff your chest up when he does a big hit, and and does his thing. So I'm a big Braden Maynard fan. So I would I would definitely bring him to the Lions. That is that is not a bad thing, and it brings you some depth and and some grunt. He's a little bit. He's one of those players. He's he's a he's one of those players. You absolutely love him on your team, but if you're on the opponent's team, you absolutely despise yeah. him. And I trust me, I'm I'm a Swans fan, and I know most fans absolutely despise Tommy Papley because of he he, he can be a little rat bag at times, and I'll, I'll openly yes. admit it. But the thing is, you love him for it because he gets under your skin and then he does. He's not one of those that opens his mouth like a little chihuahua. You can swat him away and he disappears. No, he comes back, kicks goals and gets and he gets in your face just as much. So when you can back it up just as much as you can talk, I'm absolutely OK with that. So I actually love that pick. I think that would be fantastic for the Brisbane Lions. So I'm, I'm going to I really, really love this question because. For many people that I've talked to, many of them are based in Victoria or in SA or in WA. So they're the football, the, the basically what we would call the football states or the footy states. The grand final for two years in 2020 and 2021 found its way outside of Victoria for the first time. And you had the grand final in 2020 at the GABA and then 2021 found its way to Perth. So as a Queenslander, I want to ask this question. Do you do you, did you like the fact that we saw the traveling grand final? Would it be something you think it would be good for the game, or do you like the tradition of the MCG 
as the team since it is technically the biggest arena currently in australia uh so i was at the 2020 grand final it was a fantastic experience it was so good (laughs) it really was uh and it was the crowd noise yes it's not a hundred thousand people but the crowd noise felt like a hundred thousand people we can make a lot of noise up here um Obviously, AFL's roots were in VFL originally, uh, but this is now a national competition. So uh, I've been to quite a few games at the MCG and it has an aura. It has a spirit. It's an amazing feeling walking to the ground surrounded by thousands of people and and it's a beautiful place to watch the football. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but if we want it to be a national competition, we need to be drawing people in from across the country. So uh, I feel that if you did sort of a two years on at Melbourne and then one year off and that one year off travelled around, it would help upgrade facilities around the country as well. Um, if you knew in advance, they have time to do that. Uh, the GABA will be getting upgraded for the Olympics in 2032 and that's really exciting to have a better facility that's um, a little bit more user-friendly. It's fine as it is now, but uh, once you've been to the MCG, you kind of know that we're a little bit behind uh, where we want to be. Um, so, yeah, no, I would be i will be very keen. And as I said, we're, we're sort of sports tourists. We like travelling around and, and going to games and, and sitting at the SCG. Uh, my husband's going over to Perth this year, so he'll get to go to Optus, and he's very excited about that. So we like... Uh, testing out different venues and, and, and getting the vibe at different places. So I think it would be a really, a really positive thing to do. Fantastic. And actually that's a perfect lead in for my next question, because as we kind of talked about earlier, this year is a very different year because the AFL decided to steal something. Well, change it, shall we say, not really not steal, but they took something from the NRL's background. They decided to do a magic round, which they've, brilliantly decided to call gather round again don't get me started on the name i'm still kind of iffy on the name but all nine games are going to be held in and south australia mostly at the adelaide oval but a few i think the barossa valley and a few of the sa sanfl um grounds will host a couple of games so i gotta ask as you said kind of as a traveling fan what are your thoughts on this gather round do you think it does it interest you and do you have any interest in going because as members of the clubs, you will get free tickets to go to the game. So any interest in going to gather round in, in South Australia this year? Yeah, it's it's a bit of a wait and see, isn't it? See how it goes. I think it will end up being a net positive. It's a great for tourism for, for the area that, that secures it. And if it sort of moved around year to year, it would be great to grow the game again. Um, I think... I'm of two minds in terms of I think the Lions are playing in the Adelaide Hills. I think it's a tiny venue in terms mm. of seating capacity. So as a Lions fan, you go, oh, well, I am you know, I might not be able to get a ticket. But it makes the players that bit more accessible to fans. When you're nice and close at a community ground, you almost feel like you're on the field with the players. You hear the air getting expelled when they have a big hit. You can hear them talking to one another. So... I think for fans, it won't be as many fans that can go watch them, but but it will be a great experience to be so close and personal to the, to a high quality game. 
I believe they've sold over 100,000 tickets already. So it's clearly um, popular. Uh, we looked at it uh, and decided we weren't going to go just from a logistics point of view for our mm-hmm. family. Uh, but it certainly was something we really tossed up. Uh, and if it was away again, uh, we would definitely look at it. When uh, NRL have had it in Brisbane uh, for their magic round, uh, it has been very popular uh, with the people of Brisbane and uh, and it's just there's just a vibe in, in town. So I, I think Adelaide's going to really enjoy that over the Easter school holidays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. The only thing that bothers me about the whole thing, and maybe this is just me spitballing a little bit, but with the NRL, it's a little bit more focused in a certain section of Australia, being mostly Queensland and New South mm-hmm. Wales. I mean, yes, you have Melbourne Storm, but other than Melbourne Storm, there isn't any team outside of Queensland and New South Wales. So I think, honestly, I think Magic Round is a little bit more logistically easy because it's easier to travel between Queensland and New South Wales, where it's like Gather Round, you've got WA, you've got Queensland, you've got New South Wales, you've got Victoria, you've got SA. That's a lot of states to bring 18 teams from. So I'm... I'm hoping that the SA public come because that that is my one worry. That is my one worry that if you get low attendance, it's because the SA locals don't come. You're going to get traveling fans, Collingwood fans travel, Eagles fans travel. All of all, most of the fans I've talked to many people that are they they're getting their tickets ready. They're all excited. They're they're yeah. super excited to get to SA, and the Adelaide Oval sounds like it's going to have some absolute cracking games. But there is that kind of part of me that goes I I I'm, I worry about those games that are at the SANFL ones because will they get a good crowd? Because if they don't, then what do they do? Is gather round considered a bust if they don't get a certain amount? So, but I, it's very fascinating. I don't think it's exactly like NRL because it is a little bit different because of the more centralized area of the teams, mm. in the South Wales and Queensland. Like I said, for Melbourne and the Vicks, a little bit of a different thing when it comes to NRL there. That's kind of like how some New South Wales people think of, footy is kind of how Melbourne Melburnians think of NRL. They kind of, they kind of don't argue it a little bit away in many ways. So I'm very fascinated to see on that. So many people that listen to my podcast know I am a massive, massive AFLW and women's footy supporter and ally. I take pride in that because I think it's something that I really, 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 really love doing because all of the women that I've talked to that, that play footy absolutely enjoy it. They're having a blast and I love supporting them. So I got to ask, are you an AFLW supporter? And if so, what are your thoughts on the Lions season? A grand final appearance, but fall just a little bit short to the D's this year. Yeah, look, I'm a, I'm a, I love the AFLW um, and was so excited for the first game ever. Watched it. The whole family sat down around the TV. Um, my husband bought me um, a book by Sam Lane called Raw. Have you read mm-hmm. that one? I have not read I love it, that but book. it's, I'm trying, I'm trying to get together some footy books. Uh, it's one of the things that I really want to do. I've, I've got a few. Um, in fact, I actually had a really good friend of mine send me uh Danaher's book. Um, the, oh, yeah. with, um, M and D I, I had his oh, book Neil. sent to me. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Neil Danaher's book. I had that sent In fact, my first ever big freeze beanie. I have three now. I have three big, lovely. Freeze Excellent. Yep, I have big three beanies. And the first year I had a friend of mine who lives right around the Victoria, New South Wales border. And he went, he went and got that. And then he sent the Neil Danaher book with it. 
and I was like wow. shocked. I was not expecting the book. So I thought it was really cool. It's I it's on my read list. I've also got Basher Hooley's book. Um, yes, which yes, also, which yeah. also came with a big freeze beanie as well. So, <laughs> well, if you can get a copy of this book, it talks about the history and, and, you know, I, I actually started playing community footy at 36. I've played a couple of seasons. I've had a couple of seasons off and I'm going to just, I'm just about to start in masters, the first year of ladies masters in Brisbane. So I'm really excited. So to be able to watch women play football, on the TV, get paid now a reasonable amount of money is just very emotional, I think, for a lot of ladies. Uh, so I'm a big AFLW fan. The players bring the passion and, and I also feel they're very professional because they have to juggle, uh, as we all know, uh, a job usually outside or, or study if they're young, often families as well with the demands of training for a very um, high-contact sport where uh, you're on display, they're getting criticised all the time, uh, very unfairly when you see they haven't been playing since they were five. Some of these ladies haven't been. To get a competition up, we had to take athletes who enjoyed football. But now, seven seasons on, we have footballers who are starting to come through these systems and to see the growth from game one, season one, which was just exciting and a novelty and heaps of people went, we all felt really positive about it. We're now at a point where the skills are so much better. Uh, I went to the round one um, at the Gabba, the first game at the Gabba this, this season, which was uh, Lions Dockers. And we walked in and we didn't just walk in with girlfriends and, and families with young girls. We walked in behind big groups of men who came to watch the footy. Mm -hmm. And I say it that way because they're not saying we're going to go watch girls' footy or women's footy. We're going to watch the footy. And it was mm -hmm. just so beautiful. And then the Lions put on a clinic. I mean, they were absolutely dominant this season and it was really heartbreaking to watch the grand final because we were on in that first quarter, that Nat Grider rundown tackle. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, what a moment. And then it just fizzled out. We just lost our pressure a little bit and lost our skills and, and got a bit overwhelmed perhaps. And, you know, we've been in four finals and we've only won one. So it has it's been successful as a club, four grand finals, that's success. But we haven't quite, you know, been able to get to that sort of crows level where it's three and one, mm -hmm. where one and three. So sure. but the other thing that I do, and I, and I really love this is somebody brought it up because you look at all that you've lost though. If you really, if you really look at the lions list, if you look at that first season, 2017, you got to the grand final. Yes. You lost the crows. Look how many have left and gone to other clubs. And yet the lions are still there. What, what coach Starcevich for the, with, for the women's program in the academies has done has been magnificent. There is nobody yeah. that can say that. Yes, the crows have the flags, but I think the lions have the better system because if you yeah, look I at agree. How, how they've developed yeah. their youth, yes, the, <laughs> the sandful has more women's players. If you, if you look at it now with port, it'll be interesting to see how the talent, how the talent kind of diversifies with two clubs there. You had gold coast there, but really the lions were 
the the team in the state of, of Queensland and what they've done and, and after all they've lost, you kind of have to put your head up because yes, you're one in three in grand finals, but you're one in three. But look at all that you've lost in the in the in that process. I mean, there are some really good players that have left the Lions and went to other teams where unfortunately the Crows really haven't had that. They've had that little bubble of SA. Now the ports there will really have to see how that goes. That's right. So we'll go to that. Do you have a favorite player? on the AFLW team? Uh, in, the, in the Lions team, my favourite player is Kate Lutkins. Um, she is a workhorse. She quietly goes about her business. She is tough as teak uh, and, and she's misreliable, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Uh, she steadies the ship. She does a, a remarkable job out back. And I was delighted when she announced to the group that she was going to come back for another season. I was so excited. Uh, so Kate Luckins is definitely my favourite lion, uh, and I'm also a Daisy Pierce fan. Um, she is all class. She has been around for such a long time um, through Darabin and then Melbourne, uh, and I'm really excited for the career that she's been able to create around football uh, in terms of her commentating and now coaching uh, as well uh, and forging the path like Alicia Eva uh, to get that um female coaching into the men's game as well because I think I think it's a great perspective for the men's teams too yeah 100% agree I've said this numerous times I said Daisy Pierce is one of those she is a footy legend she's not just a women's footy legend she is a footy legend I had the extreme pleasure of chatting with Steph Kiyochi and Alicia Eva on this podcast and both talk about Daisy in reverence she is that much of a legend and again Alicia Eva is just, should be discussed in that same thing because, again, breaking the mold of coaching in the men's and shows that it doesn't matter what your gender is. If you know the sport, you should be able to perpetuate and to coach and to be able to share your knowledge with everybody. I absolutely love Daisy on the calls. I think she's absolutely fantastic. A couple of the other, a couple of the other guys that are on there, honestly, they can throw them in the bin and I would be perfectly fine with that because I think she does a magnificent job. And as you kind of stated earlier, the, the, the constant negative energy of what I consider jealous men that don't understand that you don't have to like it. And you don't have to comment. Just sit down, shut up, watch the men's game. If you don't want to watch the women's game, congratulations. Do us a favor. Go sit in the corner where you're out of everybody's here because you're doing nothing for nobody. Get out. Okay. Some of these women are amazing. I've said it many times. I think the women go harder at the footy sometimes than the men. And I will, I will state it to anybody. I've watched so many women's games and I've seen some big hits by some really good players. And there are some women, I think, attack the footy harder than men i don't care what anybody says i will continue to say it because i've watched both i trust me i've watched a lot of footy over this last season this year i told one person the women's footy started in january the women's footy ended in late november there was no break for me i had i covered the women's season i covered the men's season which was just after the women's season and then covered the women's who was just after the men's it's been full bore. Yeah. I've been watching it a lot. Trust me, the women's game, it is different, 
but there's a lot of things to like. I cannot wait. Can not wait to see some of these young girls grow up and continue to play footy. So now that I've, I'll step off my soapbox for just a bit. Many people know I will constantly go on it when I talk women's footy because I feel passionate about it. I have a lot of fun talking with many women in footy because I think it is growing. It is a huge, huge growth opportunity for the AFL as a whole. I can't wait to see it. So I told many people I have never been to Australia. It is on my bucket list. It is on my to-do list. I'm going to get it done. I don't know when, but I will get it done. So I'm doing some research. So when I go to the games, I know where I do a couple of things. So I'm going to ask you two questions on this. First, I'm an American. Food is something we have at sporting events. So I ask, what's your favorite go-to food when you go to the footy? Okay, so... It is not gourmet food, so don't have too high expectations oh, when you come here. <laughs> no. it, is, it, um, it is not here, trust me. I mean, and the, yeah. the, the, the I can show you. I can show you menus of some of the places over here. You don't go there for gourmet. You go there for for cheat day. Absolutely yeah. detestably bad for you food, but it tastes oh, so yeah. good. Unfortunately. <laughs> Well, we'll we'll go. We'll, we'll arrive. We'll go get our food first, and then go find our seats. So we're done. Uh, I will grab a hot dog or some hot chips. Um, my kids tend to grab some fish and chips. They like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll grab a Coke Zero and a wine. So I'm set for the game. <laughs> All right, that's fantastic. I've I, I've no hot chips has really come in second behind the, the the I mean the normal is the meat pie. The meat pie and the beer tends to be the, the most positive one. But the hot chips has really found its way uh, as that as that nice solid second place. I finally got my first hot jam donut. I finally got it. Oh, somebody okay. fi yep, somebody finally said it. I was waiting for it cuz I've heard that I guess the MCG has some really good hot jam donuts at some of the places. Yeah, they do outside. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've heard, yep. I've heard about that. So alrighty. And the and the next one is and as you said, you're you're a traveling fancy. You've been to the MCG, the SCG, mm -hmm. the GABA. Yep. Where is your ideal yep. place to sit when you go to the footy? So uh if I could sit anywhere, uh probably on the 50 arc, um on the benches site uh of the ground on the 50 arc. And I guess you'd call it mid-tier. So it depends. Some places have three tiers. Mm -hmm. And if you're super lucky, um, you can sit in the mid-tier. And that, for me, is the perfect height because I've got perspective of the game. Certainly the Gabba because the front row of the Gabba is sort of below ground level, if that makes sense. The drainage of the oval is quite mm -hmm. considerable. And I've sat in the front row and I can't see a thing. Like it, Everything's above me and over the other side. Um, so I like to be mid-tier or if there's only two tiers, sort of towards the back of the bottom tier. So I've got that little bit of height. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've just I love watching how a team works together to move the ball up, which you can't see on the television. Although I find that if I go to a live game, I still have to go home and watch the game on TV to get the mm -hmm. up-close stuff that I've completely oblivious to at the field. Mm -hmm. um, but then I get to see other things. I love watching the strategy um, of teams and, and you really can see that um, probably from that sort of height uh, when you're there live at the game. 
Yeah, the, the tact the tactical thing it's one of the biggest things I've heard that is the most one of the most common answers that second tier wing 50 midfield tends to be the the, the most common one and they say if, if you just want to go for the experience the cheer squad is another one that I've heard if you just want to go for the experience of yeah. going to a game if you're not so much worried about seeing all the games shall we say then they go go to the cheer squad because then then you're gold from there so oh yeah all right the last question I always bring this up and I have a lot of fun with this one because again I, I love hearing about this because everybody has memories. What is your favorite game of footy you've ever seen? TV, live, at the ground, on the telly. What's your favorite game of footy you've ever seen? I've got two. I hope that's okay. That's fine. Um, so favorite game that I was at um, was recently, actually. It was the Collingwood North Melbourne game. And it's my favorite game because uh, we went down to Melbourne for a holiday and uh, friends of ours were down there as well. So there's a whole big group of us went and we got to sit in the MCC, which was a real buzz. Um, and I sat with the family and they were North Melbourne supporters. So for the first three quarters, it was a party. They were so excited. They were cheering and screaming and feeling amazing. And then they had to leave. They, they only came for three quarters and then they had to fly back to Brisbane because otherwise they'd miss their flight. And we were there with another friend who was a Collingwood fan and had been um, going a bit red and not very happy with the situation. <laughs> and so we moved closer to the field. And, again, we are sort of on that 50 arc and we might have been eight rows back. The MCG doesn't quite have that same drainage hump that the Gabba has, so that was a great spot. And then fourth quarter, along comes Nick Dacos down our side and kicks that goal right in front of us and we're just surrounded by Collingwood supporters we don't have any um skin in the game we're Lions supporters everyone went ballistic the whole the whole of the MCG ward it was unbelievable moment uh I really felt for North Melbourne um because that was David Noble's last game in the end and and they really looked like they played for him um, but they couldn't quite get it over the line. But, gosh, there's a lot of passion out there that day. It was fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, our favourite game, my most memorable game for our family was the 2018 Grand Final. Um, so my younger son was one of the Oz Kickers of the Year. So uh, we travelled down to Melbourne. Uh, we got put up in a hotel. We had a few days of absolute wonderful experience that they put on for us. Got to meet loads of players, men and women, uh, Henry got to be part of the um, parade and then he went to the game with my husband. I actually watched in the hotel on a little tiny TV um, and because I'm trying to spot Henry, if I can see him in the, mm. in the, um, in the stand, he got to play on the field at halftime. And then that, that moment, that last probably two minutes, um, did he play on? Didn't he play on? We didn't think he was going to kick it from that sharper angle. I'm and seeing. he did. And I, <laughs> it was it was an incredible moment and, and there was actually if you looked in the stand there was a Collingwood supporter behind him who just kind of went mm -hmm. good kick like you can't you, we can't do that can't so really it was just such anything. a good moment uh, and, in, I, in, and Henry told me behind the scenes because they're all little kids and they've all got to get dressed up in the jerseys and the socks mm -hmm. and the organizers didn't know what jersey to put them in until the absolute final minute and they're all so little and it was just an absolute um scrap then to get these kids sorted out but yeah so it was such a happy memory for us 
We got to meet the players afterwards, got to hold the cup. They're all looking very dusty the next morning. Um, it was just a, the whole the whole event was such a memory for us. So fantastic! Can you remember what player did he give his medal to? Uh, he gave it to Liam Ryan, so he was the first boy across. <laughs> oh, uh, so he got great. lots of TV time, so it was exciting for us. That is, and we got to meet Liam great. later, and um, and he wasn't feeling he was feeling a bit dusty, and he didn't really want to give an autograph. And I said, I just want you to know this is the boy that gave you that medal that surrounds your neck right now. And he went, oh, this is little Liam. And I went, yeah, this is little Liam. So we got a photo. So, yeah, that was great. That is fan. That is fantastic. I, I have to say it's one of my favorite things is, is watching the Oz kickers. And it, I love when the mics catch it because sometimes the mic catches some really great conversations. And it, you know, that I said, sometimes the, the, the cojones of these kids, because they, they don't care. It's like everything is going nuts and they're, oh, they're yeah. just like, well, and I love it in the last couple of last couple of ones in the AFLW. What was it? Um, one yes. little girl asked the captain of the Collingwood, uh, the Carl of Adelaide, if she would be her captain, which I thought that, I mean, that's, tears doesn't matter who you are and then this year one of the little girls with eden zanka had to give her a hug like i absolutely yeah. love like that moment just it really is so cool it's so different so that that's a really great story thank you so much for sharing so that's gonna do it for all of my questions and all of my quandaries this has been a fantastic conversation it, it's just really really cool because I've had so many great stories of some people that I said footy has been in their lives for 20, 30, 40 years. So to find somebody that found it a little bit later in life and still enjoys it so much, it's absolutely fantastic. Before we get to the end of the episode, I want to wish you good luck this season playing in your masters this year. I know you had let me, you had let me know in our instant message. So I got to see a picture. So I want a picture of you and your Guernsey and definitely keep me up, keep me updated on how you're doing. Okay. Thank you. I will. Looking forward to it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for our episode today. I've got more of these coming. I've got waffle. I've got sample. I'm looking for some BFL. So if you know any BFL supporters, have them reach out. We're going to get ourselves to March back to the footy season, and we will be back with another off season supporter series chat. Very, very soon.